Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Amen. We are starting a brand new series called 23 today. I'm so excited about this one because I've been wanting to preach this message for a year already. God gave me this message when we first started our church in February, and we were doing online online campus stuff, and I couldn't really get into it, but I'm here, and I'm ready to get into this um, sermon series called 23. And, um, you know, we're going to be talking about a scripture in the Bible, a chapter in the Bible that is probably one of the most um, famous um, scriptures in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of great things, but, you know, anybody that's been around church for more than two minutes or been around Hobby Lobby for more than 30 seconds knows this scripture, okay? It is talked about. It is it is recited. It is decorated all over your house. You can say that this scripture is the goat of all scriptures, okay? It is the greatest of all time of, of scriptures. Talking about goat, um, Michael Jordan, haha. <laughs> Michael Jordan, there's always a debate about LeBron and Jordan. There's no really a debate. It's just a talk, okay? And, and uh, we, we see that, in my opinion, Jordan was I, I was, I was growing up and I was in the Jordan era, and I remember watching games. I remember when he crossed over Russell, and um, he, he crossed him over uh, the Utah Jazz to win. I mean, Jordan was nasty, okay? I remember the flu game. You remember the flu game? My man was on Scottie Pippen, all just, you know, about to throw up, having the flu, you know? But it was actually food poisoning. But it's all right. It's the flu, okay? Uh, so I remember the GOAT, Jordan. But we're not going to be talking about the concept of Michael Jordan against LeBron. We'll leave that to ESPN itself. Trust me. You can watch that right there because that's all they talk about, literally. But also, how about in movies? Have you seen the new Space Jam? The new Space Jam's out. You know, I remember when I grew up, Space Jam was it. I mean, it was it. And um, it doesn't compare to the original. I mean, yes, the CGI was great. Bugs Bunny looked real. You know, it's like you could touch him. But it nothing compares to the GOAT, the original. Michael Jordan with Bugs Bunny, Space Jam. Can all my 90 babies say hey on that, all right? Amen. But we're not going to be talking about the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball. We're going to talk about the greatest of all time, one of the best scriptures in the Bible. And we're going to be talking about Psalms 20. Three. Psalms 23, and we're going to be breaking down this scripture and how God really intended it or God wants us to learn in this moment. Like many others, this beloved Psalms um, bears the simple title that it says the Psalms of David. David himself wrote this scripture in a time of need, in a time of remembrance of what he was did, what he did in the past. Most accounts of this scripture gives a vivid, a vivid remembrance of what David was doing back when he was young, which he was a shepherd boy. See, um, Charles Spurgeon, um, a great, uh, great author, says it like this: "I like to recall the fact that this psalm was written." By David, probably when he was king already, when David was king and he was remembering the times of his former occupation of a shepherd. 
Millions of people recite and memorize this psalms. Ministers always talk about it when it comes to death or funerals or, or trials or tribulations. It's attached to that. But if we don't truly, if we just going about what religion say, we can only look at this scripture as a death scripture. But in reality, if we really go into it, there's so many good nuggets for our life to encourage us and to push us forward to what God has for us. There is so much more when it comes to this scripture. And each week, we're going to break down this scripture. We're going to go through the whole chapter this month, and we're going to see each each um each chapter and each verse, what God has these spiritual truths for our lives as we enter into Psalms 23. And today we're going to be talking about Psalms 23, and we're just going to stay, we're going to sit and park on first on the first verse. And it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Anybody remember this scripture? We, we all know about the scripture. We're going to stay here and talk about what David was identifying as he was saying these words and how it can really affect our lives as well. So the, the first verse is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The first thing we have to understand when it comes to knowing our purpose or how this purpose of this scripture is going to identify for our life is, number one, we need to identify your role in this scripture. Identify your role. See, from the beginnings of, of, of studying this scripture, you first had to identify the roles in this narrative before you even know the meaning of this verse. Because by identifying the roles in the wrong way, you're, you're, going, to be, you're going to be jacked up when it comes to actually reading this scripture. Because David compares himself to a creature that is weak, that is defenseless, that is foolish, and he makes God as the provider, the, the director, and indeed his everything in his life. When it comes to the concept of sheep and shepherd, the sheep is an object to property. It is not usually a, an animal that runs free. It's, 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 a, it's, it's an owner an owner property, and the owner, the shepherd, makes sure that the sheep is taken care of, and sometimes that comes with a great price. David was clear and blunt about this relationship and the metaphor of, of God and himself in this scripture. He said, hey, I am the sheep. God is the shepherd. And we have to understand the roles at first, because if we don't understand this, it's going to mess up a lot of things in our life. See, David said there's no ifs, there's no ands about it. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And he gave him reassurance and dependence on the father and the father alone. It's so key in our life. David thought about God and the relationship of God and the shepherd. David was not the shepherd. He was the sheep, and, and God was the one operating in his life. The question I have for you today is what roles are you operating in? What roles are you operating? Because let me tell you what the role of the shepherd does. The role of the shepherd is to guide the role of the shepherd is to protect. The role of the shepherd is to comfort. And the role of the, the shepherd is also to correct. 
is to guide, is to protect, is to comfort, and is to correct. And the job of the sheep, the job of the sheep is to follow and depend on the shepherd. Matter of fact, the sheep are dumb and lost and uneasy most of the time without the shepherd in their life. The shepherd is the one that directs their path when they walk. The shepherd is the one that protects them when the predators try to attack. The shepherd is the one that comforts the sheep. That's why he says he left the 99 for what? The one. He comforts the sheep. And the, also the shepherd is the one that corrects the sheep when the sheep is acting up and puts that sheep in his place. The question is, this metaphor of sheep and, and shepherd is important for us to know our role in this relationship with God because it all revolves around control. It all revolves around control. If we put ourselves in the place of the shepherd, we are saying, hey, God, I don't trust you with my life. I need control. Because the sheep never tells the shepherd where to go. The sheep never tells the shepherd, uh, um, oh, that's the, that's the wrong place to be in or, or, or we shouldn't go in this direction. No, us as servants of God, his sheep to his pasture, we have to understand that he is directing our lives. He's not putting ourselves in paths that is going to be winding. No, he's putting ourselves in paths. When we trust the great shepherd of our life as the sheep and we humble ourselves, say, God, I'm going to look past my pride. I'm going to look past my will and I'm going to trust you. Yeah, I might not understand it, but I know that you're shepherding my life. And when I'm going after you, Lord Jesus, I might be the sheep and I'm going to trust you because you know more than me. The shepherd and the sheep. It's so important, but it's also remarkable how the Lord himself identifies himself as a shepherd, because if you know in ancient Judaism and, and the, the one of the lowest of low jobs was to be a shepherd boy. Matter of fact, the shepherd boy was going to be the one, usually the youngest of the family, because it was just like the, the job nobody want to do. Who wants to deal with a bunch of sheep that smell and going to poop on you? Nobody. Who wants to stay outside all day and just look at dumb sheep? Nobody. So they gave it to the lowest of low. So by God, by Jesus, by God identifying himself as the great shepherd, he is even humbling himself to say, hey, I'm coming to protect you. I'm coming to guide you. And I'm here to comfort you in times of trouble. It should give us a reassurance of what God is and his role in our life. See, there are things at times that we do that we give over to. There's some things that we let shepherd our life in the world we live in now. Number one things that we can give over to that, that can shepherd our life is money. We all, you can be shepherded by money. You can be directed by money. You can be guided by money. It doesn't matter what relationship you kill. As long as you have your bag, it don't matter. See, it's something that is shepherding you. How about relationships? 
You can be shepherd by relationship. The only thing you care about is getting that honey or that man. You know, it doesn't matter what what person that you, what family member you 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 backstab or it doesn't matter. You want the friends. You relationships can shepherd you. How about this? How about status? How about approval? How about revenge? When somebody when somebody comes at you and you're like, well, guess what? I'm going to come back at you even more. Revenge can absolutely Absolutely shepherd your life. How about unforgiveness? Somebody hurt you years ago and you can't get over it. And everything you do is shepherded by that unforgiveness. And you walk in unforgiveness. And you talk in unforgiveness. What is shepherding your life today? Because what shepherds your life leads you to a destination it leads you to things it leads you into past that a path that you don't want to be in it leads you into decisions that are going to leave you hurt it is going to make you um, have this a false sense of comfort and not go after god what is shepherding your life today before a man as humans before we can say the lord is my shepherd we must first we must first feel like a sheep, like a sheep, we are his servants. We are the ones that are going to his mouthpiece. We are the ones that are his hands and feet to this world. That's why it's so important to get plugged into community, because we are the ones that are shining his light on this world. But the reality is we tend to we tend to and want to live the life of a shepherd and not a sheep. Why? Because of control. Because when we, when we are a sheep, we have to have, be accountable to something. And we don't like that. We don't like that. This is my money. I don't need to do this. This is my time. I, I don't want to be a part of that. That church, I don't want to go on Sundays. That's cool. It's your choice. But what is shepherding your life? Because when time and tribulations come in your life, you're going to find out real quick what is your anchor. What is your anchor? Because, yeah, sometimes it's horrible out in the pasture as a sheep. Sometimes it's, it's, not, it's not appealing at time to, to live this Christian walk. But I'm here to tell you, while you are a servant, while you sacrifice and you give God your all, he is there to protect you. He is there to guide you. He is there to comfort you. And he is there to confront the things that you don't want to confront. It's not to make you feel less of. It's to make you grow because he wants you to know that he is there. It's not our will, it's his will. And when we identify the right way, he gives us the comfort. See, God never tells us to do something without him providing something. He provides while we are his servant. When we take the role of the sheep and humble ourselves, say, God, you direct my life. He gives us this. This is what God gives us as his promise. He guides, he protects, he comforts, and he corrects. Number two. What did, what did um, David do and what we need to do in our life um, as well? Number two, we got to make it personal. We got to make it personal. Sometimes, have you felt that God is blessing other people or God is in favor for everybody else, but it seems like he's not even looking at you? You've been there before? 
You've been there before. Like, God, where are you? Where, where are you going? I feel so small. I feel so insignificant. I feel so unworthy. But David knew that in those times when you, when your humanity wants to go that way and declare those things over your life, this is what David did. And this is what we need to do as well. He said, the shepherd, the one that I identify as the one that guides me, the one that I identify, the one that protects me, the one that cares for me, the one that confronts me. He says this, that shepherd that I identify as, guess what? He is mine. He is mine. The, the scriptures doesn't say the, the Lord is the shepherd of the world. It is say the Lord is the shepherd of this person. It is say the Lord is, is only the shepherd of the ones that give. It is say the Lord is, is the shepherd of the ones that, no, it said the Lord is what? My shepherd. My shepherd. He took it personal. He took it personal. The Lord is my shepherd. David found comfort and security in the thought that God cared for him as a shepherd to his sheep. Have you made your life personable to God? Or are you living on a shepherd of your parents? Or are you living a shepherd of the God you heard about when you were a kid? Have you made it personal in your life? Are you, are, you, are you living by a shepherd of what society is saying God is? No, I'm here to tell you today that the comfort that you are seeking is in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And nothing else. He made it personable. He didn't say, hey, there was no questions about it. At the end of this, the Lord is mine. My shepherd. It becomes personal and you change. There's a difference between marrying my wife and dating my wife. See, dating, there is an option of out. Marriage... There's a commitment to say, I'm in this the long haul. Yeah, yeah, you can get, you get divorced and all that stuff. You know, I understand that. But when you say, I do, it's a commitment to say, hey, through thick and thin, I'm here. See, the society wants you to only date God. Because once you only date God, when you, when you only just, uh, to, to just come to church when you want on Christmas and Easter, you know, those kind of Christians, that's fine. But when you only date God, there's no commitment to it. There's always an out. So whenever, you know, that, 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 that club looks a little good and you're just like, you're ready to go, you know? But you, you're too tired on Sunday. Because the devil wants you to do this. The enemy of your soul, the one that wants to damn you to hell, he wants you to know that when you are not committed, you're never going to go forward in life. And God's only direction is forward. So when we commit our lives to God, we don't say, we say, hey, God, by you, by I, by me entering in this personal relationship, there is no second option. You are not plan B. You are the one. You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are my beginning. You are my end. David knew that through it all, David has been through so many things when he wrote this scripture. Um, David been through sin. David, been, David was a murderer. David did so many things, but at the end of the day, he knew his role. And he said, God, through my imperfections, through what I'm dealing with, at the end of the day, you are mine. I am yours. You are my shepherd. 
It doesn't disqual. Listen, if one person needs to be disqualified from the Bible, his name is David. His name is David. But what did God say to David? Even in his imperfections, God said, David, you are a man after my own heart. Why? Because David knew that at the end of the day, he's my shepherd. He knew where the source came from. He knew that he got in the way most of the time. But at the end of the day, have you, have you been so personable with God that you say, God, doesn't, God, God, you are enough. Is God enough in your life? Or do you need to fluff it around? Is it, let's take it, it's very quiet today. <laughs> You're a rough crowd today, okay? Because it, it, it becomes less of a motivational speaking and more of a personal relationship. It makes us check. This is what the shepherd of your soul does for you. It makes you stay quiet and say, hey, ooh, I am man and you are God and you are greater than what I. So I, imagine the God of the universe created the stars, the moons, all those crazy planets. He still cares about you. It's mind blowing. So if he cares about you, how can you be personable back to him? He's your shepherd. Yeah, he, he, he came and died for the world, but when he looked on that cross, you came to his mind. It's a personable God. We don't serve a God that is for, he, we serve a God that is personable. And, and, and God, and David knew that he is my shepherd. He, he's the shepherd that guides me. He's the shepherd that protects me. He's the shepherd that corrects me. And he's my shepherd. By you saying the Lord is my shepherd, you are saying I am am important i am important to the king i i am fearfully and wonderfully made you, you have to speak these declarations over his life david said he is my shepherd as i close the third thing that david saw in this scripture he said i need to identify the roles your god you're the shepherd of my soul you're the one that guides, protects, cares, and confronts. Because you are the shepherd and I am the sheep, there's a third thing he says. He says, I shall not want. Now, this is good stuff right here. Maybe I should be sitting down and just giving it to you. He says, because I identified by what God is telling me who I am. I put the sticker that says, hello, my name is, I'm the sheep. <laughs> because I know that he's guiding my life. And I take comfort of knowing that he is mine. I shall not want. For David, the fact of this shepherd-like relationship, it said that I, whatever need that I need, I find it in him. I shall not want means all my needs are supplied by the Lord because he's my shepherd. I shall not want means I decide to not desire more than what the Lord, the shepherd, gives. 
Because in the Bible says, he says, he gives and he takes away. Are you okay in the giving season? Are you okay in the takeaway season? Because both seasons, there's still a God that is all loving, that is all caring, that is all full of protection, and he needs to confront the things that we're dealing with. He's the God. He's the shepherd of your soul. Because I know who he is, and I know who I am in him, I shall not want. The question is, are you satisfied with the shepherd of your soul? Is he enough? Complacency is key in the relationship with God. The reason why I do, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied is because I am wanting more. But what if I'm here to tell you that the more that you want is not the more that you need? Do you truly believe that God is orchestrating your life? Do you truly believe that he has his, your best intentions in mind? That if that door didn't open, guess what? That door was not for you. Are you satisfied with your wanting? It's like a relationship with a significant other that has a wandering eye. It's the same thing. Everybody hates being cheated on. But that one person that thinks there's grass greener on the other side. Oh, that one person that, that is not satisfied with one area in that relationship, and guess what happens? We see it all the times in family members and friends. What happens to their eye? They start seeking for something to satisfy. But I'm here to tell you today that what you seek, you can be found in him. That he is there. That he says he sticks closer than a brother. Yeah, the thing is, we don't, we're not satisfied is because we don't see it. But we don't operate in what we see. We operate in the unknown. We operate in this thing called faith. And we don't see always the end to the beginning. We don't always see point A to point B to point C. But do you trust him in your point A and know that eventually you're going to get to point C? Because when you don't want, when you got the sense of satisfaction in the Lord, you say, hey, God, I know you're orchestrating. I know that you're doing. So I do not want. I just want more of you. I just need more of you. And when I come after you, I don't want because satisfied in you how maturity David shown in this moment this is a king that didn't need anything and he still said I don't want I'm just here to just give you a a quick check in your life because the Lord of your soul the shepherd of your soul wants it to become personal. Have you been living in the religion of your parents or your grandparents and you don't know it for yourself? Have you been living in, in past hurts or past uh, uh, dis, um, disagreements or past you know things that just hold you back? Do you know God in a personal level? Because it goes both ways. God wants to be personal with you, but you have to make some work in this thing. It's called prayer. It's called getting to his word. 
It's saying, God, I know that I might not understand sometimes when I read this, but when I read this, is the fuel to my soul. And when I go after you, God, you are guiding, you are protecting, you are, you are protecting my family, you're protecting my future. I, yes, I might work, I need to work at this thing, but I don't need to worry about tomorrow, I don't need to worry about what's in front. When I know that the shepherd of my soul is there to guide, protect, and care, and confront what needs to confront, I can rest in the thing called peace. You're uneasy because you have a control problem. Do you give the reins to God today? Because clearly, He wants you. He wants you to trust. And while you trust, it's a sacrifice to trust. I understand that. It's a sacrifice to to to. Put aside all your will. It's a sacrifice to pick up your cross daily. I understand. But the promise on the other side of your sacrifice is a shepherd that says, I'm not up here ready to throw a lightning bolt at you when you mess up. No, he said, hey, I am the comforter. I will leave the 99 and I will go after you no matter what. I am the shepherd of your soul. And he said, I am your shepherd. I'll keep it personal and I shall not want because I know that he satisfies every need that I have is total surrender. Some people are saying, I don't want to do this walk with Christ because I'm just going to settle in life. Settling, being a Christian, living for Christ is just settling. I'm not, it's not settling. Matter of fact, it's freeing. Because the other way, you have to perform to grow. But God's way, it's saying, come as you are. David was a wreck, and God called him a man after his own heart. Why? Because David had a constant pursuit. No matter what, I'm going after the shepherd of my soul. So don't disqualify yourself today. Don't tell yourself that you are less of to go for God. No, I'm here to tell you, know your role. Make it personal. And don't want the things that are not going to satisfy you. Go after the God that loves you, past your imperfections, has created you and molded you and set you on path to purpose in your life. Let's Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.